today is known as the Palm Sunday, and we see Jesus making a triumphal entry into Jerusalem. The Lord Jesus was making a triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem as he was preparing himself to take the cruel cross upon himself. So as we are approaching the week of remembering the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, this morning I thought it is very appropriate for us to think and meditate about the blood. Can you say the blood? The blood of Lord Jesus Christ. This morning I titled my sermon as the blood. Can you say that again? The blood. So blood is the basis of life. In fact, blood is the life-sustaining fluid that runs all over our body. And if you want to know a little bit more about how this blood is produced in our bodies, the stem cells that are found in the bone marrow, now they are responsible for producing blood in our body. Every minute, in every second, in every minute, there are millions of blood cells are born in our bloodstream, new blood cells. So this bone marrow creates blood cells as well as the platelets that are required for our blood to have a smooth flow in our body. So human cannot live without blood. Or even for many organisms, for that matter, they can't live without blood. Without blood flow in our body, our organs are going to die. Our organs are going to die. So Bible also says, life is in the blood. Life is in the blood. The Bible also says, blood also makes atonement. That simply means, blood also pays the penalty of our sin. There are two things that Bible talks about blood. When it talks in, the, in this particular context, it says, the life is in the blood. And also, blood makes the atonement, blood pays the penalty for our sins. So shall we just get, on, get into the scripture portion from Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. If we can turn with me to Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. For the life, can you read with me? For the life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you upon the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement for the soul. So God said, life of the flesh is in the blood. And I have given it to you to make atonement. Or the blood is given to you so that you can pay the penalty for sins with the blood. You know, that's our simple reason why animals were sacrificed during the Old Testament days so that, the pay, so that it can pay the penalty for sins so that people are exempted from the punishment that is supposed to come on their life. You know, th this is literal, not just literal, it, it is just absolute. It just happened. It's so real. When they bring an animal, they sacrifice the animal, their sins were forgiven. Their sins were forgiven. And of course, they need to do it over and over again as they sin more and they need to give more sacrifice, more bloodshed. And the bloodshed, according to the scripture, that forgive 
that paid the penalty for sins. And God said, if you remember the Old Testament in the beginning days, when he created everything, God said, let there be light. And Bible says there was light. But I was thinking about it. Unfortunately, God didn't say, let your sins be forgiven. It would have been forgiven. But God didn't say that. But instead, God pronounced the shedding of the blood for the forgiveness of sin. The holy God who created the entire universe, the holy God who created all that we see on the face of this earth, for some reason he did not pronounce saying that, let your sin be forgiven. No, he didn't say that. But instead he said, let there be a bloodshed. Shedding of his blood will bring forgiveness to the mankind. So this morning we are talking about the blood, the blood of Lord Jesus Christ. Human blood is very much responsible for carrying out many functions in our body. Blood is responsible to perform various functions in our body. But this morning we are going to talk about four major functions in our body performed by the blood. You know, these functions are based on the nature of the blood. Can you say nature of the blood? Are the characteristics or what the blood is capable of doing so these four major functionality of the blood are the the, 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 the the characteristics or the nature of the blood is what we are going to talk about this morning the reason why Jesus shed his blood was just simply because the nature of the blood that's how blood is so we are going to talk about four different properties and abilities of the blood what blood can do in our body and we are going to spiritually understand how it is relevant to the death and the shedding of the blood of Lord Jesus Christ this morning and I believe this is going to be an awesome awareness in our own life to know what blood could do in our lives the blood of Lord Jesus number one the life-giving nature of the blood can you say that with me the life-giving nature of the blood Bread, blood brings oxygen and other nutrients into our body. Blood flows everywhere. It, can you say and tell, tell a part of the body where you don't see blood? Somebody's trying to pull their hair. I didn't ask you. Okay, you don't see blood in many parts of the body, but then can you imagine blood flow not reaching up to your, uh, your, your skull and hair growing there? That's not possible. So blood is required for every function that the body is going through right now. So blood flow in our body is nothing but a life-giving flow. You know, that's why blood transfusion is such a lifesaver if someone lost it good amount of blood maybe through an injury or maybe during your surgery transfusion brings life if there is no blood given to that person who is just losing blood he or she will die that's the reason blood is very important so blood brings life in it and i, I believe you don't have any any doubt in that and i don't need to repeat that over and over again so taking part in the holy communion that's what we did this morning just want to relate that directly to the taking part in the holy communion I'm not really talking about traditionally following what we did. You know, we can take part with the Holy Communion without even thinking, without even knowing what we are exactly doing. Not really talking about, I'm talking about 
Walking with union or walking in union with Christ, that's what we mean by communion. When we have a relationship, what we have is the life-giving stream flowing into our lives. Are you with me this morning? When we unite ourselves with God, we have the life-giving flow flowing through our lives. Want to read a couple of scriptures. John chapter 6 verse 53. Can we read together? John, Jesus is telling here. Then Jesus said to them, can you read with me? Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Blood is a life-giving flow. Blood is a life-giving stream. And without blood there is no life. And Jesus is saying, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. You may be alive, you may be walking on the face of this earth, but spiritually you are dead inside. Have you ever touched a dead body? How many of you touched a dead body? I'm not asking the doctors and nurses, sorry. How many of you touched a dead body? You did? You did, at least, you know, when we lost our dear ones, probably, I remember when I lost my mom, and I, I never hesitated to go and touch the dead body of my mom. You know, we, we all go through that moment in our lives. We all go through it in our lives. And there's no life. There's no life. My mom was breathing, and I could see her last breath, and she was struggling to breathe, and suddenly the breath stopped. And everyone in the room was panicked and said that, okay, she's dying. She died, maybe. Then I went and shook her up and then I went and touched her and saw there is no life. There is no life. So it makes a huge difference of somebody who is having life, someone who is dead. And Bible says, if we don't take part in and eat and drink the flesh and the blood, you have no life in you. You know, taking part in the Holy Communion is very important, literally, as well as really, it is very important. We need to take part in the Holy Communion in a spiritual sense. It brings life into our lives. Otherwise, inside of us, our spiritual life is dead already. This morning, we are trying to understand the importance of the life-giving nature of the blood. Do you remember the vision that Ezekiel saw? The streams of the living water flowing from the temple and flowing through the different parts of the earth. And wherever it flew, there were blessings, there were life, and there were nourishment. Shall we read the scripture from Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 12? Can you read with me? Along the bank of the river, on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Ezekiel saw this vision. Water is flowing everywhere. And along the banks of the river, he saw all the fruit bearing trees. And their leaves were good medicine and fruits were used for food. And when Ezekiel saw this vision, he realized the importance of the flowing of the stream. The flowing of the stream refers to the Holy Spirit. You know, when the Spirit of God flows into our lives, we will see all these things happening. You know, when, when, when the winter season goes away and when spring comes forth, we see things which we have not seen for the last six months. It's all coming out. 
We see tulips and we see buds and you know we see made grass growing up. You know we see all flowers coming up and birds are singing there. So much is going on when spring springs forth. In the very same way, along the side of the river, along the banks of the river, we see nourishment. You know, today, this morning, if you're listening to me, the reason you feel like not following God or the reason why you feel like not doing anything with God, the reason why you feel that you are so dried inside of you, the reason is we are not really drawing from the life-giving flow. This morning, God wants you to know and wants me to know that He, His blood is the life-giving flow and we, you need to be planted along the side of the river. So that we can draw nourishment from the blood. You're trying to understand the life-giving nature of the blood. So we need that blood to grow spiritually. Can you say grow spiritually? We need that blood to remain fresh spiritually. Can you say remain fresh? We need that blood to yield fruits. Can you say yield fruits? We need that blood to feed many. Feed many? We need that blood to heal many. Can you say heal many? Amen. You know, all these are possible when we are drawing from the life-giving flow. That is the blood of the Lamb. That is the blood of the Lamb. This morning, God is asking you, are you, are you, do you really draw from the life-giving flow? And God wants you to have the relationship. How that happens? It happens through the union through the communion, through the union, through the relationship that you make with God. We need to be drawing from the life-giving flow. So number one, the nature of blood is blood gives life. Number two, let's talk a little bit about the cleansing nature of the blood. Can you say cleansing nature? Blood not only carries oxygen, blood also carries carbon dioxide and other waste minerals and toxins to lungs and to kidneys and to various digestive systems so that all these waste can be sent out of the body, can be removed from the body. So blood does that too. So we talked about in you know, a life-giving nature of the blood and now we're talking about the cleansing nature of the Can you say that again? Cleansing nature. So blood stream makes sure that there is no waste materials are held up in our body. There is no poisonous material, there is no toxins that are stored up in our body. You know, sometimes we do this. We want to take some fasting, we want to just avoid some food, we want to avoid sugar, and we want to avoid various things just to cleanse our body, just you know, make sure that all the toxins are removed from our body. But who does that role? The blood. The blood cleanses. All those impurities from our from our body. Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7. If you can read with me, Bible says, But if we walk in the light, can you read with me? As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all our sins. The same way blood removes all the impurities from our lives, from our body, the blood of Jesus forgives. Removes all our sins. Removes all our sins. Blood moves through our body, just removing all the impurities that find it could find along the way. So that they are given to the organ, organs of the body that can remove, remove those impurities from our lives. 
The same way when we allow the blood of Jesus to wash our lives. The blood of Jesus removes all our sins. All our sins. Bible also says the same way blood functions in our body, the blood of Jesus purges our evil conscience, purges our thoughts, purges our evil desires. And Bible says it is really, everything is removed, even in our conscience is cleansed from all the dead works. Can you read from Hebrews chapter 9 verse 14? If you can read with me, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience. What it con what, you, what the blood cleanses? It cleanses our conscience. The natural blood cannot do it. The natural blood can go through, flow through the, the, the physical veins and in our muscles and everywhere. But it cannot grow, it cannot remove, do anything with what we think, what we, you know, what we imagine. But the blood of Jesus, it flows through our conscience, it cleanses our conscience from the dead work. What are those dead works? The useless thought, the evil thought, the things that doesn't please God. You know, all those things that are removed and purged by the precious blood of the Lamb. That's the reason, even today, when someone has committed even a capital crime, for example, the capital crime deserves punishment. In fact, capital crime deserves death punishment, death penalty. The law doesn't forgive. The judiciary system, that doesn't forgive him. He had to be punished. But the person, same person who committed the capital crime, when that person, maybe in the prison cell, before his death sentence, you know, if he comes and kneels down and cries and looks at Lord Jesus Christ and asks for the forgiveness of sins, even though the Lord doesn't forgive, even though the judicial doesn't forgive, the blood forgives. Amen? The blood forgives. The blood forgives. Such is the power of the blood of Jesus. This morning, I'm just talking to you, comparing the blood of Lord Jesus Christ in the same blood that is flowing in our body and what this blood can do to our body, the blood of Jesus can do that and much more. Number three, let's talk a little bit about the regulating nature of the body. Can you say regulating nature? The regulating nature of the body. We talked about the life-giving nature of the blood. We talked about the cleansing nature of the blood. And now we are talking about the regulating nature of the blood. Blood regulates many things in our body. Blood regulates pH level in our body. Blood regulates the water content in our body. Blood regulates the temperature of our body. And blood does much more. You know, pH is nothing but the acidic or the alkaline nature of the blood. If pH, pH in the human blood or in a human body can vary between 7.35 to 7.45. Just a little tolerance, right? Not great. And if the pH is an imbalanced level, if the pH either goes high or goes low, it can cause many health conditions. It can even cause death in our lives. So the blood that flows in our body that tries to maintain the pH level of, we are talking about the regulating nature of the body. Now when the cells metabolize in our body, it produces energy. 
And some of those energy is released in the form of heat. And these blood cells, you know, they carry the heat and they flow through the body. And thus they maintain the temperature of the body. So we're talking about the regulating nature of the blood. The blood of Jesus does the same thing in your life and in my life. The blood of Jesus regulates the spiritual temperature of your life and my life. The blood of Jesus keeps us, makes sure that we are kept warm. We are kept hard enough so that we can live, we can survive through the troubles and through the difficulties in our lives. So blood of Jesus regulates the spiritual temperature of our lives so that we'll be able to function the way God wants us to function. You know, many times we become cold in our spiritual life, in our Christian life. We don't find any meaning of following Christ. We are so cold. When we ask people, the brother, why you are unable to come to church? Why we don't see you in the church? Pastor, I don't just feel like coming to church anymore. I don't see any new meaning in following Christ. That simply means you just lost that life-giving flow in that someone's life. You know, this morning God is telling us that we need to be tapping into the life-giving streams of the blood of the Lamb so that our spiritual temperature is maintained, maintained. We feel cold at times in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus spoke about it and he said, can you read with me Matthew chapter 24 verse 12, and because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. We have so much lawlessness around us. We have so much, so much uh, iniquity around us. So much evil happening around us. They all come over line, our lines and they choke us down. And we feel that at times we don't have anything to do with God. I'm just talking about what you're going through in your life. We all go through it at times. As morning, God is telling us a simple reason that we are living cold. We are not capable of doing what God wants us to do. It's just simply because our spiritual temperature is not maintained. We are not connected with the life-giving flow yet. When we feel cold, we tend to run to the heat source so that we can keep ourselves, our body, warm enough. Fire is the natural heat source. If you remember, if you travel to hill stations or some of those areas where it's so cold, you know, you see people sitting around in a, in a, in a fire, around the fire, and then showing their hands and palms, you know, just, just so that they can just be warm enough to do what they want to do. They will survive through the cold. They come closer to the heat source. But the same thing you do. Every time, when we grow cold, the blood of Jesus gives us enough warmth so that we can come closer to the blood of Jesus and we can be spiritually warm enough to do the will of God, to do the work of God in our life. Can you read with me Ephesians chapter 2, verse 13? But now in Christ Jesus, you were once were far, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. 
The blood of Christ brings us near to God, near to Christ, so that our spiritual temperature is kept warm enough so that we can do the will of God. We feel like doing something for God. We feel like following God. Otherwise, we tend to walk away from God. Every time when we feel cold, the blood of Jesus brings us back to the fire. Brings us back to the fire. You know, sometimes we lose that zeal and the desire and the fire inside of us because of the problems and the cares of this world. But this morning, God is telling you that you need to be found at the brim, at the, at the bank of the river of the living streams. That is the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb brings you closer to God. So you are closer to the fire and you are ready to keep yourself and move forward. Maintaining a spiritual condition is very, very important. Because God is very particular about how is our spiritual temperature. You know, if I wish if I could have a thermometer in my hand that measure the spiritual temperature of each one of us, if I can just bring that to you and just put that in you and see that, okay, what is your spiritual temperature? What is your spiritual temperature? I'm not going to do it. I'll ask an angel probably, angel to come and do it for everybody. And he gives you a report saying that this is what is your spiritual temperature. Where would be found? Where would you be found? Spirit of God says, if we are found lukewarm, what will happen? He will spit us out of his mouth. Revelation chapter 3, verse 16, that's what Spirit of God says. So then, can you read with me? Because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you. I will spit you out of my mouth. That's a rejection statement. God is telling you, if you are found not enough, not having enough spiritual temperature in your life, I don't want you, you can't do anything for me. God is saying, I don't want lukewarmers. You know, who are those lukewarmers? They are not just all, not at all bothered by anything in their lives. They just go around it. And they are not at all useful for anybody. Not at all useful for any way to the kingdom of God. And this morning God is asking us, can you maintain your spiritual temperature? Who are those who are cold and hot? You know, when they are hot, when everything is going on in their lives, they are on fire for God. Brother, we need to do this, brother. We need to do that, brother. This, brother, that, brother. Everything comes when everything is going on well in their lives, well in our lives. But when things are going down, we become so cold and we sit in one corner. Exactly what is happening in the life of Job. Life of many people of God. God is telling us this morning that you need to maintain your spiritual temperature and that can be maintained only when we come to the source of fire. Can you all say fire? fire. Number four, finally, the, let's talk about the fighting nature of the blood. Can you say fighting nature? Fighting nature of the blood. Blood also fights. What are the things we talked about already? Can somebody help me? Number one. Life-giving nature of the blood. Ah, I know that. You are reading from your notes now. Okay, number two. That's good. Go ahead. Number two, what? Cleansing nature of the blood. Number three. Regulatory nature of the blood. And number four. Fight. Oh my God, you know everything now. Let's put an amen and close. Regulatory nature, regulating nature of 
al bladder, the third one and the fourth one is the fighting nature of the bladder. Blood also fights infections in our body. Blood also carries hormones in our body to different parts of the body as it is required. You know, when a particular type of white blood cell called lymphocytes, when they identified an antigen in our body, they produce what is known as antibodies. So these antibodies are capable of fighting against those antigens. You know, that's the reason that there are different antibodies are produced. So they target those antigens specifically and destroy them and kill them. They do it directly at times or at times even they enable the white blood cells or our immune system to do that effectively. And I believe that's where the vaccines and all the other precautionary measures that we take in our body, they will really help them to function in the way. We are talking about the fighting nature of the blood. So these lymphocytes, they are all found in the blood. In the same way, when the enemy's presence, the way antigens are found in our body, the moment the antigens are found in the body, that's where the, the attack, the warfare starts, it begins. And we feel that a little bit. Oh, okay. Looks like I'm going through something, right? You feel little temperature? Yeah, somebody's checking now. Okay, you all check better. Right? So you feel that. And what do you do about it? Nothing? Sometimes we'll run and take uh, Tylenol or Paracetamol or whatever tablets and just put that and just, it's gone, right? So we help there. Are we trying to build our immune system in a proper way so that so such attacks may come, but then they may, they may not flourish and they may not do anything to our body? So we are talking about the fighting nature of the blood. In the same way the blood cells fight, the white blood cells fight against the antigens, the same way when the enemy's presence is detected in our lives, who fights the blood of Jesus? Are you with me this morning? When the enemy's presence is detected in our lives, the blood of Jesus fights against it. We are talking about the fighting nature of the blood. You know what Jesus did at the cross? Jesus, by his death and by the shedding of his blood, he destroyed the power of the devil at the cross. Can you hear an amen? You know, this morning when we are saying that we celebrate, we observe Good Friday, we observe Easter, we are not talking about something meaningless, we are talking about something that is powerful. We are talking about something that is powerful because Jesus, let's read Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Let's talk about the fighting nature of the blood. Can you read with me? Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. In as much then as the children have partaken of the flesh and the blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might, what? Destroy him who had the power of death. That is the devil. You know, in your life and in my life, the power of the devil is already destroyed. That's the reason you are able to live eternally forever. That's what the scripture is talking about. If the power of death is not destroyed in your life and my life, we are kept for condemnation in the eternal hell. The reason we are able to hope, we are hoping for the eternal heaven is just simply because the power and the blood of Jesus this morning, God wants you to believe. The power in the blood of Jesus. 
that destroyed the power of the devil so that you and I are able to go to heaven, able to live with God in eternally forever. Bible also says, Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. Shall we read from 1 John chapter 3, verse 8? He who sins, can you read with me? He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil need to be destroyed in your life. Sometimes we say that I don't have anything to do with that because Jesus already took care of everything at the cross. But today when you allow the enemy to enter into your life, have a hold in your life, you need the blood again in your life to destroy the power of the devil. The blood of Jesus is a mighty weapon to be used against the power of the devil. God wants us to fight and overcome in every situation. You know, it is easy to fall down. Sometimes when we are attacked with the sickness, we come to a point that there is an option. Either you can overcome that or you fall into it. People who fall into it, they will not see the life again. But people who overcome from that, they will rise up and they walk again. If that happens physically in our lives, Jesus is telling us this morning, that you need to be an overcomer. You need to fight against the powers of the devil. And we need to overcome. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11. Can you read this beautiful scripture with me? And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony. And they did not allow their lives to the death. Because they were ready to live forever. Live forever. How can we overcome this temporary life that we are living on the face of this earth? How can we overcome the struggles, the oppression that the enemy is throwing on our lives? How can we overcome those things by the blood of the Lamb? This morning we are talking about the power in the blood of the Lamb. Finally, just want to sh share this one and close. Let's also talk a little bit about the protecting nature of the blood. If you take the human blood in our body, blood really helps us to helps the wounds to heal. A process that takes place known as coagulation or the blood clotting that provides, that protects from further damage. In the same way, the blood of Jesus, when it is applied over our lives, it gives a layer of protection. You know, that happened when children of Israel were coming out of Egypt. If you can read with me this scripture, it's a beautiful scripture, Exodus chapter 12, verse 13. Can you read together? Now the blood shall be a sign for you on your house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and the plague. God is not striking, but the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. A layer of that precious blood. When it is applied over your life and over your family, no evil shall befall against you. That's the word of God. This morning, just we are going to close in a moment. We talked about a, a drop of the blood of Jesus, what it can do to you because of the very nature of the blood. The Bible says, as Bible said, we as we read, read those scriptures this morning, the blood of Jesus is capable, is powerful enough, number one, to give life to you, number two, to purify you. Number two, to maintain your life or regulate your life. And number four, we talked about the fighting nature of the blood. Shall we all arise this morning?